cloaks, grab your sword, grab your dice. And the bard grabs his loot because, come all ye friends, it's that time again. For all your podcast needs, movies, games and TV, toss a coin to your caster. Oh, voices of plenty, oh, voices of plenty, oh, yes. Woo, yes, we're here to talk D&D. D&D, honour among thieves, specifically. Yep. Yes. How how uh, how you guys been since we last spoke though? Hmm. What have I done this week? Uh, went for some nice walks. It, spring has finally sprung, so daylight things are blossoming. Uh, rain. Rain. Also, quite a lot of rain uh, and mud. So, been trying to get outside more. Uh, been watching a BBC drama called Blue Lights, um, which is about uh, modern day policing in Northern Ireland, and it is harrowing. <laughs> uh, what else? Rewatching episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine for less harrowing police. Such a great things. show! Such a great show. Yeah, it's good. Have you seen the final season? Season yet? Yes, yes, I have. I have yeah, it, uh, I thought I thought it had a great ending in my yeah, opinion. It was good. Like even you know, I love the fact that during COVID, you know, and the whole Black Lives Matter movement, they were like, we can't use these scripts, so they literally just tossed out all the work they'd done and rewrote the entire script. Yeah. I know I would have liked maybe a couple more episodes and maybe a couple more conclusions to a few loose ends, but mm. I think for what they could do, I think it tied up quite well. Yeah, mm. no, no, I agree. I enjoyed it. No, I, I definitely agree on that. What season are you watching at the moment? Uh, I'm starting with season one again. Okay. I have watched it all. Um, I, it, it changed a lot when it changed uh, network. Because it went from Fox to MSNBC, didn't it? Yes, and it I think it helped it, in my opinion. Mm. Like. Yeah, uh, I will say though. To be fair, my favorite episode is from season five, I believe, the box, which is literally Jake Parole, uh, so Jake Holt and the criminal in the box, Sterling K. Brown, and it's just like the interrogation of like the murder and everything, uh, and you get the damn, damn, damn. I was like, oh no, God, um, what was it? I, I can't remember but basically he makes him say quote something three times to be like an awesome response basically oh yeah right that one basically yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. thinks he's really intelligent but yeah, yeah. yeah like Jake yeah. proves just like how much like mm. yeah mm. I, that's my favourite episode of the show in my opinion I don't know I don't know what it is about it but yeah mm. But yeah, no, but obviously you're here today, people, for the lovely, lovely times, the lovely, lovely times. And uh, before we get to that, I realise I haven't actually asked James what he's been up to as well. Is it more Midnight Suns? Um, a little bit, yes. And, and other things which contribute to a general sense of uh, doing Ethel. So, uh, Ethel people stands well. Fuck all people. Yeah, Fuck I all indeed. <laughs> I'm trying to be polite because I'm the most polite person who's that anybody's ever known who doesn't swear yes. at all. Yes. So and fuck off to anybody who says otherwise. Even though he's got, a, even though he's got a bit of whiskey going on right now, that's for sure. Yeah, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Uh, podcast without it. No. Well, it's the first time we've had. Well, we haven't started well, doing food yeah, episodes yeah. yet. This, this yeah. true. Yeah, there is a possible food episode in the future. <laughs> we'll discuss that then. Like we may do like a like one of those gaming movie cookbook episodes where they have like themed themed like. I'm, I'm just taking inspiration from uh, Matt Pat and his video empire because he's got the food channel. Uh, but now uh, for myself, uh, Resi Four, pretty much. Uh, I've just finished rewatching Suits again because I love that show, and I'm c- contemplating watching Succession finally. Because I've heard it's brilliant. Mm. 
Um, I don't know much about it to be honest. No, it's sorry. a black comedy with um, Brian uh, Brian Cox in it, like the house of this like mega media family. Mm. It's like uh, like they're out to get each other sort of thing, and it's mm. like a black satire comedy type thing. So yeah, HBO show. So seems mm. quite well. It's into final season now. It's only four seasons. So gonna give that a watch. But yes, people. I've just come up with sorry. I've just come up with a really crazy idea. Mm. So you know it's like, so. You know, a lot of movies come up with. Uh, it's just based on the fact that Brian Cox is also named not just the name of an actor, but it's also the name of, of a scientist of a scientist in Britain. So, but you know, oh. but you know, big names, like, yes, generate big things. Mm. They should just find some random off the street who's like what Nick. He's called Nick Cage, for instance, and then put him or, in a um, triple. Put him in the thing. Advertise. Don't show the guy on the advertisements, but just say Nick Cage is in the film. And yeah, it's a Nick Cage, it's just not the Nick Cage. Honestly, mm, when I you said. feel you would get a lawsuit. But you can't. I mean, we're not. We're yeah, not technically, just... you are advertising just the name as the actor, though, like who's in it. Exactly. Like, it could, that would be an interesting advertising lawsuit. I mean, I mean you might win it. There's no saying you wouldn't, but someone will definitely but sue. But, whole, but it's not. But it's make, literally not false advertising. James yeah. is right. It's not false advertisement. But you should make the whole cast or having um, different people with famous names. I mean, it's like that whole like you know with movies where they have like an actor come in it for five minutes and then they put their name front and center for the movie. Oh yeah, no, that's that's legit. But that's also that's a worse fake out. Than... But that's the thing; they don't put their face on the poster and everything. It's just their name. It's the same. It's the same thing. Just put mm. just put the person's name there. That's interesting. I, I'd find it hilarious if I did that. That'd be um, that'd be quite funny to be honest. <laughs> oh, that would. Uh, I don't know how that would work out. <sighs> That's actually quite good, to be honest. Yeah, well, we could we could find out, I guess. <laughs> find out, but yeah, no, uh, Jesus, that's good. Yeah, uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, with us people are here at NMI, we like to do trailer off the podcast show for movies, TV shows, and video games. But yeah, this week we are giving you our review for the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie that was recently released at cinemas, produced by Paramount Pictures, and uh, starring. Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Roger Jean Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant, directed by Jonathan Goldstein, Jonathan Francis Daly, also written by Jonathan Goldstein, Jonathan Francis Daly, and Michael Gillio. So, oh, and story by Chris McKay and Mike Gillio as well. Coughing ahead of people, I've got um, some roll of 14 and gave me a cough. So yeah, uh, obviously this movie has been in production for a little bit. The trailers came out around the same time as... House of the Dragon and Rings of Power, and everyone was going, "What is this film? What mm. What is this film? Like, it's coming out against two blockbuster IPs. Like, how is this going to work? Obviously, we had the two thousand movie with Jeremy Irons and Marlon mm. Wayans. Like, that was it's got a lovely one point seven on Metacritic that I watched a, re- a bad roast for recently. Jesus Christ, it's bad. Like, it's I've really not seen bad. it. Um, I've been in the D&D world for some time and I have not seen it or even heard of it, to be honest. Um, I'm surprised it is as recent as the year 2000. Like, I would have guessed it would have been, they would have made a film in like the late 80s, 90s. So um, we'll actually get on to the whole 80s aspect of it because I feel like, um, you know, when it comes to the uh, 80s, um, you know, like tropes they do actually put some of that in this movie 
which I think works out really well. I was pretty big during the 80s, so that's understandable. So I'm just putting a trailer of people in the background for the original Dungeons and Dragons the... 2000 trailer. But no, with um, with this movie, though, I love the fact that, like, it, it's it's definitely... The directors know the lore because they've played the game. You know? Yeah. And you could tell going into this film, we're going to get into it into detail, people. But when you go and see this film, like, I know bits and pieces of D&D. Mm. But I, I, as you you guys played Dungeons & Dragons, you have, you guys have a full campaign going yourself with James, yep. the Dungeon Master of. Yes. I am um, indeed. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I only actually got into D&D about, what, about five or six years ago, so I played, I played in someone's campaign. Um, I'll be honest, I was always a little bit sceptical about it, always kind of like, I'll be, I'll be honest, I probably kind of ridiculed it for, for a few years, but um, when I actually played it, I realised, actually, this is actually really good. And, yeah, I've been running my own campaign for the last three years. Uh, I mean, to me, D&D is um, it's a fun thing you can do with a group of friends and, and, and get together. I, I, I see it as collective storytelling with uh, a bit of role-playing, kind of uh, dice-throwing, kind of um, probability and combat in it. I mean, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, and obviously Dungeons & Dragons started off this in pretty much this entire RPG thing from the... 70s mm. or was it the it was the 80s, 70s or the it 80s? It was big in the 80s. I I, th- I did look at this recently. I think it started very late 70s. Yeah, because uh, obviously, but then it, obviously other IPs came into this. Obviously, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk, uh, Traveler, uh, Dragon Age is also quite a big one. Most big, most um, big IPs. I bet even you know Lord of the Rings, Lord Star Rings, Wars, Star Starship Wars. Troopers. I know yes. definitely has one. Yes, definitely. You know um, all these different IPs have them. There's a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a whole thing. Um, the sort of tabletop uh, RPG games, like people, are, well, yeah, people are still making their own ones. I think I have a friend who's making one based on ghosts at the moment. So. And obviously, um, when it comes to like Dungeons and Dragons in recent years, we're actually going to be doing an episode on this. People, where you know, why is Dungeons and Dragons had also, or even just like tabletop games had this huge boom in recent years? So obviously. You know, mm. we'll probably talk about Critical Role, you know, the Vox Machina thing. We'll talk about, like, COVID, a big factor in that. You know, we'll, and we'll probably get some other people in as well to have a discussion about it. But, yeah. Uh, but for this film, though, um, mm. you know, it was released on March 10th. Uh, sorry, March 31st. Sorry, South by Southwest on March 10th. It's received po- positive critics from re- uh, reviewers. I've So positive reviews from critics. Can't speak today, people. <laughs> And uh, yeah, well, let's just let's just get into it. Like, what we're gonna do is, people, we're gonna do our general, we're gonna do a non-spoiler review for the um, for the film, and then we'll get into the spoiler section at the end. So obviously, uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's start with James today. Uh, James, what were your initial thoughts of the film? I effing, I fucking loved it. I really did. I mean, it was a lot better than I expected. I was expecting to kind of um, just and just be okay with it but I actually really end up really liking it it's a fun it's a very very fun uh, it's probably quite family friendly to be fair it's quite a fun fancy film it's got it's got quite a lot of heart to it as well I found and I really I really like the characters um, and, it, and, it, and it was also quite faithful to a lot of things in the D&D I changed some things which makes sense to do in a story which you need to do but where they could be faithful to D and D format, uh, they were. I mean, get into more details later on. It was okay. Here um, we go. Here we go. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. 
Um, I, I get the generally, I think it was trying to be too many things to too many people. Like it was a classic, um, try and please everyone. You end up pleasing no one. Like every character is a call to a type of player in D and D, which I mean, is absolutely fair enough, but it leads to kind of a bit of not flat storytelling storytelling by numbers not it was very it was very middle of the road um so other people have described that though and uh, james might actually picked up on this possibly and you may have as well is that it may have been picked by numbers like you knew what was going to happen mm. like how you know you think like these archetypes because like, they're very they they stuck to the very basic D and D archetypes for this movie pretty yeah. much. Like I know the directors stated they wanted to I think they wanted to do it because they wanted to introduce people and then when they go forward, if they do go forward, they'll start branching off essentially and oh. see where it goes mm. from there. Uh and also how when you say pain by numbers and step by step, does that play into the fact that this is a like, you know, you take turns type game. So because I know a lot of people have actually praised the film. They could actually look at the film and go, Okay, that's where they failed on roll. They've got a re-roll to play the... They've got a re-roll to do it. Like, you know, it's sort of like... You could tell where they sort of did this, essentially. Uh, not... It was more... So, there's two ways of playing Dungeons & Dragons. There is paying large sums of money to Hasbro for the official packs and guides. So, your Albert pack, your spells pack... Or there's what I suspect a lot of people do is the more homebrew alternate world, more less faithful to the source material, which I, I would have I preferred, I think, because that's generally how I play D&D. &D. Um, I think I've done maybe one or two uh, out-of-the-book campaigns in... 15 plus years of playing D and D and D and D like things. So again, for me personally, the fact that Dragonborns weren't the bards and backflipping <laughs> and this sort of thing, it was a bit like, yeah, for some reason, know, probably got um, too much experience of D and D to actually get, get the full appreciation of this film because it's kind of for like, as you say, it's probably starting at just to put some context for everybody who might be confused by Fergus saying <laughs> backflipping. <laughs> he has taken in my campaign to backflip everywhere to yes. a point where I've had to make it a part of a campaign and introduce a sacred order of backflippers. Yes. Um, how many, how many, how many like sessions are you into this now that you've actually created an order basically two years two and a half years or something like that yeah it's coming up it'll be coming up to three years by the time we finish it we are close we've been close to the end for about a year um, yeah <laughs> well i've heard that, i've heard this is actually how a lot of campaigns go like they say they're close to the end and then just something else just happens basically mm. but like like this film to be honest like a lot you yeah know, i mean i think I think it's good because obviously, you know, you stated like a lot of people follow the homebrew method. But I think after the previous Dungeons and Dragons movie, which was a long time ago, and also how cinema has been very like serious for these type of genre films. So like, you know, mm. Lord of the Rings, um, Game of Thrones. This film is a like it's a, it's a lighthearted movie. Yeah. And I, and also because I think you want to take your kids to see it in every film. Yeah. Like, it has to follow a more simpler story i think to introduce it i think at first. yeah yeah thing is i like the 
so cool simpler stories I like the fact that it wasn't necessarily a big end of the world scenario yes there was there was a tiny bit of that but it's not it's not end of the world put it that way and we'll get into it in the spoiler section but I like the big boss battle Mm. big boss battle but I like the smaller stakes more personal stakes because a lot of it is about uh, his daughter and rescuing his daughter yeah no I I I, I completely agree Mm. there and how like you know, each character is very distinctive, which I did quite enjoy. Yeah. And each character that you could feel the personality and great acting from pretty much every actor. Yeah, I agree with that. Although, in all my praise, I do feel there were some characters on the main cast which could have been uh, fleshed out better. Mm. And I will uh, say the Druid is uh, the key one there, the Teeth and Druid. Okay, okay. For, I mean, yeah. great in terms, in terms of the action, but... Um, and I think the acting is nothing wrong with the acting at all. But in terms of writing, I do feel that that character could have been uh, fleshed out more. Because I have heard from people like they were a bit disappointed how the cast was very all human looking. Because obviously I've heard I've heard I'm 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 into I know D and D info, but I've heard tieflings are generally portrayed as like purple skinned. Like I've heard I've heard about this. I'm not sure. I don't know I if I played a campaign right. with the I think you might before. be right, but I can't remember. But I think but I think you're right. But there was no dwarf as part of their party. There was no dragon. I think I think there's the a purpose of why there wasn't a dwarf in the party, though, in my opinion. Like I think like you had your barbarian, you had your bard, you had your paladin, uh, which was we'll get into him in a bit. You had your sorcerer, your druid, and you had your rogue to a point. Um, I think if you had a dwarf there as well, I think I don't know. We've had a lot of dwarves in recent years. Thing is, also mm. you're you're going from races. You're going from professions to races or classes to races, um, but I'll give you on your point. I want to pick you up on that. So, in terms of races, it's um, you've got a half elf, you've got a tiefling, you've got a human, and you've got a uh, human. So yeah, we've got two human characters, don't they? Because I'm, I'm yes. pretty sure. So you're right, but I suppose it's a way to kind of like because if I'm, I'm I'm guessing. Less effort on the CGI. You don't have to uh, mm. do that quite as much. But they do have some interesting um, characters. Like, we'll, we'll can go into it later on. I will. I actually, I will go on to you. Know, so, in similar speaking of that, like, I think one thing I'd like to praise this film for is its use of CGI and practical effects in the film. Like, it worked out extremely well. Like, mm. I think, like, when it came to certain characters, I mean, which we'll probably do in this talk in the spoiler section, because there's. What the intro? I thought the introduction to this movie was quite hilarious, to be honest. Like, and and yes. not just because like my name sort of like comes up a little bit now. Uh, but no, uh, like I just love how uh, and also there's a there's a few special like additions to the cast where we're not going to talk about till later on because I thought they were play were played in quite well. But let's just you know we've had a main talk about like how we felt about the movie in general. Because um, obviously, have you guys seen the movie Game Night? No, but it's on. No. no, but it's on my list to watch. So same, same, so same directors, it. same directors. Yeah. Which is, uh, which was, and these guys were supposed to direct the Flash movie that's coming out, mm. and it's supposed to be more of a personal story. Sorry, a more personal story than the uh, world ending. Yeah, which is what, which is what I like. As I say, I mean, as I said another said before, my favorite Bond film is Skyfall mm. because it's a very big departure from the usual end of the world world domination stories and it's more personal uh, conflict so let's get into uh, the cast itself uh, so obviously we have Chris Pine as Edgin Davis Michelle Rodriguez as Holger Kilgore Roger Jean Page as Zenk Yendar 
uh, Justice Smith as Simon Amar, uh, Sophia Lillis as Doric, a tiefling druid, uh, who James briefly mentioned, Hugh Grant as Forge Fitzwilliam, Chloe Coleman as Kira Davies, the daughter of Edgar Chris Pine's character, uh, Daisy Head as Safina, and Jason Wong as Dralis. Obviously, we have a few other characters in the movie, but we'll save them for the spoiler section. So, how did um did you guys have any, like how did you feel about the cast in general? Did like have any standouts to you at all? Or yes, actually, I actually really like the um oh, Simon the Sorcerer. I like I liked him. I thought he was really good. I mean, like in regards to like how how he had a journey, basically. I just, I, I, I just thought the actor was. I, when you were talking about the acting, I thought the acting was great. But yeah, I mean, more of a silly character, and that's kind of like um, that's was kind of thing that I like. Uh, but there was a journey. There was a real arc to that character as well. So you are absolutely right. Um, one of the more fleshed out characters of the uh, main cast, certainly. Perhaps the most fleshed out between mm-hmm. him and the and the main um, and Chris Pine's character, the main character. I uh, say so both those had more fleshed out arcs. And yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's a source of a lot of comic, uh, a, a lot of comedy. I, I would say, uh, some of the source of a character. So uh, okay, yeah, figure yourself. Uh yeah, I am. Um, oh, Hugh Grant's pretty good in it as the villain. Um, I wanted to see more of you. Yeah, yeah, he needs a bit more fleshing out. Really, I he got quite yeah. a lot. He would. Th- probably quite a lot going on i mean whatever yeah. scene he's in though he's just sort of like you know he he he's a massive presence whatever scene yeah. he's in though like yeah definitely yeah. um like he didn't need too much more but a little bit more would have been good um let's see uh michelle rodriguez pretty good um very much your archetypal barbarian uh character um, who has a penchant for a certain type of character? We will talk about that. In yeah, the that was section. that. that, that, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was funny. Um, could again, like, potentially could have a bit more um, fleshing out of exactly how she came to be where she was uh, as a character, um, but it certainly was, you know, good for the film. Um, hmm. Who else have we got? Um, Sophia Lillis, uh, transforming into all of those animals. Um, yeah, no, she was she was good. I yeah, she was again probably needed a lot, quite a few more stakes as as a character to work with in the film to really do herself justice. But um, I, I quite enjoyed her transforming into deers and other such animals. There is there is a really fantastic one shot sequence in this film which I thought was worked out quite well to be honest. Ah uh, yeah yeah which is the scene you're on about. Yeah, it transforms into all of the animals. Yeah, yeah. we won't go into that too oh, much yeah. until we'll go into that spoiler section yeah. more. But uh, for me, um, like I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasters talk about like you know all the characters that film the archetypes and everything and how you know the paladin in a group is always very like straight and narrow and like you know he's always like the good you know, the good pathway and everything and um i've heard that usually. a lot of people what's that usually yeah well usually it's the usual case and how like reggie jean page literally walked a straight line in the good path we'll get into the spoiler oh, yeah, section yeah, yeah. yeah like how he's like straight on the straight and narrow path and how he portrayed like a very like he had a good comedic tone in how like he just didn't understand like 
you know, humor and like sarcasm, and yeah. a lot of people compare him to Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, similar, similar, well, well, similar stick in terms of not understanding that, but also very different characters. Yeah, no, and also I actually really enjoyed Chris Pine as a, as Edgin. I actually really like liked him because I've read that how they were originally writing the character as more of a serious character, and Chris Pine was like, no, make him comedic. Like you know, he's not the you know he's. Yeah, he's uh, a bit more Star Lordy. I think that was neat. Oh, what bards are? Oh, I've 100%, like, yeah. 100% neat. I, I didn't know. Did you say that he was originally written as a serious character? I've I've read places that oh, he no. was written. He was written more as a more serious character. If, that, but... if that's the case, they made the right decision by changing that because it well, well it's, it's the comedy which really sells it. And one 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 thing. Don't derail it too much. But one thing I have seen in other reviews actually about this uh, film, and I agree with is that unlike the recent Marvel films, the comedy doesn't derail it. Uh, the, the comedy kind of like... Enhances it. Enhances it. It's, it's not... And it flows better. Yeah. It's not jokes for the sake of jokes. It's... it's it, yeah. Oh, there is um, there is one... Sp- I won't... We'll go into the specific in this voice. There is one spell sequence in this film which I was pissing myself laughing at. I think you guys know the spell exactly going on about. It's towards the end of the movie with the groups together. Okay. And uh, yeah. it's where like um, something starts happening and whatnot while the spell's oh. cast in. Yeah, yeah, yeah folks. Right. Go, yeah, yeah. That just had me laughing so much. Yeah. And also, the CGI fit was really well done, in my opinion. But yeah, I also I think like, you know, a lot of people think like, you know, your fantasy heroes have to be like all extremely masculine and like, you know, all that stuff. But bards are known as like the, you know, the the, the driving, you know, when a lot, think about The Witcher. I've heard about this on another podcast. Think about The Witcher. Yep. When you think about The Witcher, as soon as you hear Geralt, who's the second person people talk about in The Witcher? Roach, his horse. Okay, that fair, fair play. Yeah, I was going to say, do that. Yennefer. Okay, so, to be honest with you, like I oh, think yeah. a lot of people da- da- Yaskier. Dandelion line or, or Yaskier is what I knew, I, knew, I knew that's what you're going with. Um But yeah. And even in Vox Machina, you know, the bard the bard is seen as like one of the main you know, mm. main points in that as well. Like, you know, um and he has some good storyline. Have you guys seen Vox Machina, the Legend of Vox Machina no. show? No. I rec- really recommend it. It's really good. Okay. Like um I and obviously what's, Lance, it, what's it on? Amazon Prime. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's two seasons out now, and it's ten episodes, twelve episodes each. So mm. yeah, it's really fun. Um, I know it's based on Matt Mercer's Critical Role. Chris, yeah, they, yeah, it's literally their first campaign, and they're going on to the Mighty Nine next. It's already confirmed. So oh, okay. yeah, I believe they've said like they've signed a deal with Amazon to do like pretty much the entirety of the campaigns they've done, which is mm. and they actually expand it outwards from that. Nice. While I remember, um, Magic the Gathering. Uh, have produced uh, hero cards for all of the main characters of your the hero party for the film. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, there's um, yeah, it's, uh, Google it. There's, there's I mean, some interesting yeah, cards yeah, out there. Yeah, we're gonna Google. Gathering. In this now. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, this is um, there's we're a just hero pack. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at the uh, we're looking at the um thing now. Oh, we're actually looking at the prequel comic for some reason. Uh, but um, yeah, no, this is this is great to be honest. Like you know how. The crit- there's, a, there's a lot of tie-ins. Um, Hasbro's had a lot of influence in this film because uh, it's very good at mentioning its own properties and licensed products. <laughs> Baldur's Gate gets mentioned a lot as well. I mean, I think it, I think it's great though because obviously you know with the creators of this film, like you know having a major passion for this IP, and then mm. you know seeing the characters they've created essentially flip back into 
you know the IP itself. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's great. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, but let's 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 head back to the movie. So Michelle Rodriguez, I thought was like uh, really fun in the movie. Like I actually really enjoyed her character. Again, we'll talk about her pension for certain, you know, in uh, proclivities in a bit. Uh, Justice Smith, I definitely agree with you, James. Like he yeah. he was great in the film. He's a uh, I know he's in the recent Jurassic World movies as well. Like he, he's an up and coming actor. Um, like Sophia Ellis, I thought she was good. I do agree. Like maybe she, you know, if they do another one, if they do with this, stay with this cast because I've heard that people have said it would be good if they just do an anthology for each movie. So different like characters for each movie. Mm. Do you reckon they do that? I think it's more likely that they're going to take the origin, uh, already, already printed. Um... Uh, campaign books, so things like Curse of Strahd will be a film. But as in, like, do you reckon they'll stick with this cast or a new cast? cast. Uh, yes, I suspect they will. This, it'll be or quite at least hard. some of them. Yeah, it'll be quite hard to. I think they will, and I don't agree with Fergus. I don't think I think they'll go more homebrewed route in some mm. in, term, in terms I don't of story, think so. with maybe paying some homage to it. Because I don't think this this film had anything to do with any of the campaigns. Uh, as, as far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't think it in itself is an additional campaign. But... No, it, it felt like home, like a homebrewed campaign, and and a good one in my in my opinion. I mean, it's not. Don't get me wrong. It's not a great, 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 great film. It's an enjoyable film, and it's 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 a it's, it's a good enough story for what you want from a. Uh, from a fun uh, fantasy film. So this is interesting, just reading up on this. They're actually doing a spin-off TV show. Of course they are. With an eight-series run. So, um, but I mean, like, you know... Eight series? Um, eight episodes, sorry. I was eight, say, wow, eight that's episode a huge run. investment. But I mean, I mean, it could work out really well. Who who knows? Um, I mean, yes, they've very obviously got the money from somewhere to really push this and... I mean, it's a good way to connect to people to get more people playing your game, especially if you are also, pursuing a premium subscription model. It is for Paramount Plus as well, so I, I bet it's like you know they're trying to push. I mean, to be fair, this could be very good for Paramount, like IP wise. Uh it'll certainly give them a lot of content and a quite a big audience to tap into. So probably quite positive generally. I mean, Amazon are really the one only ones tapping into that at the moment in regards to D and D. Yes, uh, obviously it's, you know, with Vox um, yeah, it's well, well, yeah. In terms of directly D and D affiliated products, there's not a huge amount out there. There's a lot okay. of inspired stuff. Okay, so it's supposedly with an interview. Uh, it was never intention to become involved to make this film franchise. Goldstein has commented that they will most likely continue with the character establishing um, on a moment fees of the return to the D and D world. Mm. The audience knows them. You could jump into the plot more quickly, yeah. and obviously we've grown. Okay, actually, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, I do like in the film they mention because obviously I've D and D has a lot of things in regards to how it contributed to video games, like massively in the RPG oh, world. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Knights of the Republic you know, is literally based off the um, you know the role playing mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons, I believe, if I'm correct. Yeah, there's a game in development at the moment, Salastra, which is pretty much a uh, video game version of the Five E rule book. Yeah, and obviously, um, you know, Neverwinter Nights, um, Boulder's Gate, you know, which are all mentioned mm. within the movie. Yeah. yeah that's not spoilers. They're literally just locations yeah. mentioned. They, well, no, because Neverwinter is literally in the movie. Like, yeah. yeah. 
you know, because obviously we won't go into that. We're we'll going into the spoiler section more, but yeah, I just think you know the cast was brilliant. You know, as soon as Hugh Grant was on the screen, you know, he's the plays the rogue. You're like, oh come on, guys! Like he's the rogue. Like he's automatically, you know, going to be an arsehole in the movie, which he portrays very well. Um, how did we feel about like the, just like the the flow? I know we've spoken about how like the movie deals with very paint by numbers cut by cut but how did you feel the, mm. the flow of them because i know we all spoke about the comedic yeah. tone the flow of the movie essentially yeah i think it worked quite well um generally as a end-to-end story i think it worked quite well i said i would have liked more exploration or a bit of extra detail for some of the characters and some of the locations to contextualize things but it is a two-hour film though already it is so, already a two-hour film but it was fine so i agree with that i, I feel there could have been a, a bit more some some of the characters could have been fleshed out a bit more maybe if they do a sequel they have the opportunity to do mm. that uh, however one thing i really did like about the film was how everything tied together neatly at the end like m- m- how multiple strands came together and I really, I really liked it. Again, I think the flow of the film and the the flow of the plot threads of the film was really good. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think like um, like as uh, I was just mentioned from the uh, creators there, how they'll stick with the characters going into the next movie. It will probably give them time to establish because it could be a case of like you know, uh, specifically like Michelle Rodriguez, Sophia Lillis. I think those could be the characters which are sort of expanded in the next movie because right. obviously we we know their characters we know a bit of their backstory but obviously yeah. Chris Pine uh, um, Justice Smith um, you know Hugh Grant those um, those characters have sort of been explained to a point essentially by the time this film ends and you know we'll talk about more in the spoiler section specifically between like Simon and someone else but uh, Justice Smith's character, but I think like Michelle Rodriguez and uh, Sophie Lillis, who are the barbarian and the tiefling druid, could be explored more in the next movie, and I think that mm. would work out quite well. And I do think that they will probably stick to, at least for the next one. I think like how, like they'll probably start te- like they'll they'll probably f- it'll probably be a mix essentially. They'll stick to the main path, but then they'll start like cutting off into their own thing essentially sort of like you know see how the audience is gonna prequel feel tv miniseries is for each character sort of no they're thing. not gonna do that there's no, no point because i think this film in the like we, we won't spoil it but i think this film pretty much establishes you know some of the characters origins quite well very quickly like you know who this character mm. is you know what's going to happen yeah i mean well uh Holger Kilgore, you could definitely do a miniseries of her falling in love and... Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is, there is a love discussion here and her proclivities, but we'll get into that more in the spoiler yes. section. Also, uh, Doric, like... That's Sophia Lillis character. Sophia Lillis. They really skate over the fact that uh, what's exactly happening to her, her people and why she has to defend her... Yeah. land like good introductory scene mm. but um but nothing <laughs> else is explored very again. at all like you she doesn't even interact with any of the other members of her tribe who and she also, is and next to yeah and she's tiefling and there's, there's reference that people don't like tieflings which is a part of D, but then that's never brought up again at after all that. yeah is that the whole like obviously um in the witcher how the elves are looked down upon and is that it's essentially that sort of thing it's not so much for look I think it's more kind of like fear uh, than anything because 
Cause I think people think they're like de- like demons or have demon ancestry. I can't remember. I can't remember, but it's they do it's, have horns. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, like, well, you know, a lot of people in this world are kind of, you know, <laughs> their images are not stuff we really should comment on, to be honest. Uh, but in regards to Roger Jean Page's uh, The Paladin had uh, Zeng Kiendar, mm. do you think more could be done with him? Or do you think he's a character that could basically just weave in and out? I think the latter myself. Yeah. Yeah, I you couldn't really do a standalone with him. Not standalone, but I think like more like you could, like how, how Drax is like the very dry character but he became the very comedic character in uh, this movie he I, will, was... I, I, I will be honest as much as I like this film I would say that there's more character behind Drax than there is behind this one I do feel that he's more as he is for the comedic side of things and there's less there's not, not, not as much depth as it could be to the character but if you go back and watch the first Guardians movie could you say it's the same parallel and how like we've come to love Drax over movies and everything because mm. no, no. I think even in the first film Drax had more depth to, to, to his character than mind you he had uh, more time because we can say you know Reggie mm. Jean-Page's character is in specific parts of the movie but he isn't in the entirety of the movie yeah that's true but I, I, I just think the general shtick with um, how he's presented it's, 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 it's more done for comedy I don't uh, I, I I don't see that particular character being developed more. I could be wrong, but that's just how I how I see things. Yeah, he'll he'll turn up occasionally for convenient pl- uh, narrative reasons, like oh he knows the location of this thing, or oh he knows how to get into this secret cave, or whatever. That's actually something I want to uh, come on to. So obviously, you know, we spoke about how like you guys have played Dungeons and Dragons more than me. I've played it you know, a little bit now, and obviously, mm. you know, the video games over the years. How did you feel about their inclusion? So, I've heard a lot quite smoothly of how they included a lot of Dungeons and Dragons lore with stuff that some people who obviously, if you know, don't know the lore, you wouldn't really recognize. But yeah. people who do know the lore would love it, and it it, it doesn't it doesn't shove it in your face, basically. No. The official law, which is again like because I've been playing homebrew so much, I'm not overly familiar with the official law, but like it is Hasbro mandated official printed by your books law. You're really against the print, you're really against the print. Well, stuff. so it's worth mentioning uh, that prior to this movie, Hasbro pulled some quite hostile moves towards the community at large which prompted a movement to uh, boycott this film I don't know if things were resolved particularly well because they did back away from their let's go elite premium let's get rid of 90% of the player base and I did see 10%. tweets on this how they're staying it was extreme the, the, the reaction from the community was massive as they pulled back from that but I suspect to get these movies off the ground, they've taken on uh, money and investors which are kind of pushing for a lot more return on their income, which has led to decisions like the new um, super premium $30 a month to get access to your D&D characters and play homebrew. Like, are you going to send in enforcers into people's kitchens while they play like what is it it was yeah it upset the community quite severely um so i wouldn't be surprised if people are still boycotting this film also um i don't think that'd matter for this movie i genuinely don't think of it because i think like when i look back on yeah this type of movie we have um do you remember aragon 
did that dragon riding movie and oh, like you know yeah. I'm, talk- I'm talking like you know fantasy movies where they're sort of like they're, almost, they're a bit more light hearted you know yeah and- it's not the movie in itself it's more the general direction of the Dungeons and Dragons all encompassing franchise but that's what I mean though it's like I think this film is more it's going to do well because of the general audience yeah, like you know how this think, can make quite uh, a bit of money yeah. But are those general audiences going to get themselves... Oh, they're talking about making AI uh, Dungeon Masters as well as part of this premium pack. Um, we'll get onto AI later, I'm sure. Oh! <laughs> yes, I know. Like, your stand... Like, Against AI, sorry. Uh, your average person is not going to sit down for two and a half years and make someone be DM for them for two... Being a DM is a full-time job. That is that is, is a really underrated thing. like I am who's found a way to do it, so... There are tools... There are tools. It's called improv. Well, yeah. So what he's saying is, uh, come to uh, James on the podcast for all your half-baked... Your dungeon um, master. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, oh, no, 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 no. I, I mean, when I first started a campaign, it was the first campaign I've ever, ever, ever run. I did... It, it was a lot of work. And then I worked out a way to make it less work, like maybe like a couple of hours a week uh, tops. And... Again, it comes back to what I'm saying: is collect it's it's collective storytelling. You have you have an idea as to where the story is going to go. You know, kind of uh, a certain amount of guiding, but not, but with a way to allow everybody else to to move a plot around. So it's not nothing nothing set in stone. Uh, but you might know when to kind of, for instance, you might have an idea there's going to be a particular battle. In which case, you prepare a better map. You prepare the characters. You might have a few strands of stories which you think may happen in that. You prepare for that, but in a way which is fluid and you can improv. So let me bring it to you on this though. This film I was thinking about the other day. This film reminds me of like slight eighties fantasy action movies, like Willow mm. and like you know, um, Neverending Story and like all all those movies back in the day that sort of had like. They had the drama, they had the action, they had the action, but they also just had the light-hearted effect and like the camaraderie. Mm. And I think that's what's going to draw people to the cinema. I think, like, obviously, mm. you know, the name talent, you know, Chris Pine, Reggie Jean Page, especially for like yeah. Bridgerton, they're going to pull people and Michelle Rodriguez for like the, um, you know, the Fast and the Furious community. Uh, I will say that I do think, you know, going off the casket, I do think she was one of the big standouts for me, like in the movie. Like, I think she. Mm. Because a lot of people have seen her as like one of the more side characters, like in the in the film she's been in. She's not in a car. She at no no point she is in a car. And she was in Avatar, the first Avatar movie. Yeah. She was the pilot. Oh yeah. Because uh, there was whole things about trying to bring her back, and and she was like, mm. "But I died a martyr." Like spoilers for a thirteen-year-old movie. Um, fourteen-year-old movie. That's all. I've got no. I know interest, you don't I've got care. no interest in watching this Smurf films. But no, I've, I I think she was like one of the. Like, she had some really, like, good comedic scenes in this movie. She actually, like, showed emotion quite well. And also, you know, I'd like... I'd, I'm, she's one of the characters I'm definitely interested in seeing more. Because we've just discussed, you know, mm. out of the people we'd like to see more of, it's her character. And I think that shows in her acting and also her narrative and how we'd like to see more of that. Mm. Yeah, I, I think out of all the characters and all of the actresses in the Miss movies, I think she could hold her own in a miniseries. Or yeah, no, totally agree. Um, yeah, let's. Um, so obviously, we spoke about you know the plot of the movie and how it, how it flows quite well and everything. Obviously, probably to a very rigid standard. To Fergus's point, um, 
But so let's go. Let's go on to you know the actual like special effects and like you know the practical mm. effects in the movie. Like I expected there to be a lot more CGI in this movie. There is CGI in the movie used properly and right, but the use of practical effects, I think it, it definitely harks back to the old classic era. Yeah, it's definitely not overdone. Um, but like the situations they encounter don't necessarily need huge amounts of CGI. Like you could practically make a dungeon. You don't need to green screen a dungeon to jump around. Um, so, but I mean, some of the some of the creatures they encounter are quite interesting, also quite well done. Um, I don't know how much I can say really, without spoiling things. But like dragons, there are dragons confirmed. Dragons are confirmed in this movie, and they're quite well done. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree on that. And obviously, um, you know, there are characters who come into this movie. Uh, what's the the race of the... Because the, there's, a, there's a bird, basically, there's like a... I don't know the race uh, of the Oh, a cockle? Yeah, I've heard like a lot of people wanted... That's a quite popular character in d and I've heard. Well, it's, it's a race. You can, it, well, it's a, it's well, 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 because how the use of like the the environment was like how with the Lord of the Rings and everything everything felt lived in you know you could literally go to hobbiton now mm. um and I've, I've i read that like some of this film was actually filmed in the way the original harry potter was filmed like hogwarts like so parts of this film were filmed there oh, okay so um like you know using real sets really adds like an added layer of like depth to the movie and just like you well, know it helps the actors if nothing else like yeah it really does how do you act in a completely green room that you can't see all of the things that are happening around you yeah. how do you react i honestly don't know but no i think like uh, this movie did it really well i think like you know this movie had a 150 million dollar budget and mm. i think i think the budget was used really well like you know i think it was a i think it was great i there was nothing like where i looked at the cgi and went this is terrible cgi yeah no it was all it all fitted yeah. within the world and how it looked so. You know, because in recent years we've discussed about VFX and CGI's and movies and everything. And I think also it was fresh for this movie because it felt like it felt like there was a lot of love put into the actual art itself. Basically, and, you mm. know, I've not heard anything about like you know how how the VFX were done for this movie yet. Yeah, but, no, I've not heard anything about frame rates or all this sort of stuff. yeah high frame rates and all stuff like that. The, again, you could just go into this movie and have a good time and really enjoy it. Mm. And I think that's just all needed. Yeah. But so, you know, we spoke about characters, the story, and the um, the VFX. So, I think this I think this is definitely jumping. Obviously, we've got the TV show we've spoke about coming out soon. Like, Paramount's doing a TV show. Uh, and obviously, we've had we've dropped talks about, like, where the films could go. Mm. Uh, we'll probably get into the more spoiler section in regards to where specifically we'd like it to go or what like, we'd like them to do. Obviously, I can't really you know, going to that myself because I'm not a massive D&D person myself. But I think we're going to wrap it up there, people, and do our final thoughts and reviews. So we're going to oh, go to... we got the spoiler section afterwards. And then we, and then we got the and spoiler section. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, so we're going to have got the spoiler section afterwards. So I think I'm going to have to hand it to James first today. Yeah, as I say, I mean, if, if you are after just a fun uh, fantasy film, 
uh, with, with a lot of heart, with some uh, fun characters, which will have a enjoyable dynamic. Then I think you're really enjoying this film, and and for me, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. It's, it's it's not an amazing film, but I thoroughly enjoyed my time watching it. I mean, an eight out of ten is class is great though. Like, I know, you know, but I really I really enjoyed watching it, so uh, I'm going to do give it that. Uh yeah, I it was it was okay. Um, there I had a quite a few. It, yeah, it was fun. It was kind of it was quite fun, quite enjoyable. It's very entry level to D and D, which makes sense. Um, you're not going to get anything massively special out of it. Um, if you are into D and D, it's quite obvious where um, the producers are very much like, oh, why don't you get into this kind of D and D like property that we happen to. It, I'm giving it a five. I have, I'm going. Oh stra- shit! I'm going okay. straight down the middle of the road with this one. It has to be a five. I'm, really? It was enjoyable, but I didn't. It was, you gave this movie a. A five. lot of it makes me feel just a bit. I don't. I can't. I don't know how to describe it. Um, I didn't. I didn't expect that. Yeah. I thought we were getting. I thought I literally. Type yeah. to my phone to like uh, we uh, off off uh, Mike. I literally oh, typed to. Guess? Well, I typed. I, I literally typed to James Fergus six. Yeah. I was like a, six. The standard no, six, it has but... to. It has to be a five because it's not as good as some of the other things they're given sixes to. I can't believe you're about to do this to us. Well, at least he admits that the Batman is a better film than uh, the Batman Bungus. is better than this film. No, I, 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 and I agree with that. I absolutely. And I had a lot of problems with the Batman. Point. By one point, yeah, we have to we have to understand. You think Uncharted was better than this? Yes, I very much. I genuinely and probably because I know less about the Uncharted series. I think it's probably my own knowledge of the whole thing. It, it just didn't. We, me, and this film missed each other. I'm so sorry I missed you with your five. Yeah, pretty much. I did not expect a five, James. I did. I did. That was that shocked me. Not a bit. A five from Fergus. No. Um, uh, yeah, that's. I'm, I'm kind shocking. of speechless on that. To be honest. Shocking. So, <laughs> so um, do you have any wrap-up thoughts for the five or like? Uh, I guess uh, not. Uh, uh, without getting massively into D and D politics and stuff. If you want to get into D&D and you're happy giving Hasbro large quantities of money, by all means, go and watch this film and you might find it enjoyable. But if you're the sort of person who's kind of coming in to this and, oh, this is a bit of an enjoyable fantasy movie, you might not go further and start your own D&D two-and-a-half-year D&D homebrew campaign. But... um, you really, really against the whole homebrew thing, aren't you? Like, like I really, I like the homebrew thing. Like, it's just the. <sighs> it's fine. We get it. It's okay. We're not sad uh, at all. No, <laughs> there's, there's, there's just I don't know. There's, there's a lot oh. of underpinnings of. Yeah. Yeah, the film itself in isolation is probably okay. It's just very I. Oh. I like you. I'd actually like you to come back to this film and maybe like a year or something rewatch it and just give like a. You know, it could be a case don't know of if that'll help. I'll just know more about D and D at that point. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, myself, I'm actually going to be with you, James, on this. I'm going to okay. give it an eight myself. Nice. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy this film. I obviously, for someone who's who's dipped his toes in D and D, I've done a few one shots. Obviously, I was in your campaign, in campaign for a little bit. For a bit. Yeah, yeah, for a little bit. Um, you know, so I I got the um, 
the mimic uh, chest and I understood the mimic chest and um, you know I got like I, I, I do love in this film how um, we didn't really touch on it in the story really but how they really do go into a board game like setting near the end of the movie which I thought was yeah quite interesting how they use that um, sorry it's, 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 it's too it's not homebrewed enough uh, um <laughs> <laughs> it's fine it's fine but no i yeah i um i thought every character was charming in the movie i thought each of them really acted their like their character really well you know their like their specific role extremely well um i'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes in the future and if this cast does come back i think we'll know within a month's time a month and a half time if they are doing a sequel to me because i think mm-hmm. they'll want to get this they'll want to get the sequel rolling soon I really hope this makes profit. Yeah, one thing we haven't pointed out is we're currently looking at the budget versus current box office. Uh, budget one hundred and fifty million. Box office currently seventy three million. But that is, is just after the first week. Yeah, that is yes. Yeah, so a lot of films definitely at least break even by the first weekend. No, like, it's no, diminishing. No, a lot typically. of films nowadays do. Really? No, we're t- no. I mean, John the- Wick Four managed it. We're talking like so. This is a new property film as well. Yeah, well, Most I mean, it's films... D and D though. Like, it's a massively known. True, but the the thing you gotta remember is is that like, you know, Marvel movies are having are struggling nowadays. Like, you know, DC movies are definitely struggling. I think also well, this plays into a factor of, of, you know, the cinemas. Cinema is just having a big struggle in regards to viewing at the moment. Like, yeah, I think, I yeah. think if this was put on Netflix or Amazon Prime. This would have been like the highest level. I think one of the highest viewership levels. Like, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have shone a light on Wednesday. No, we're not talking billion level, but it would have been like you know quite very high for like streaming services. I think even when it comes there, but obviously you know seventy three million for its first weekend. Oh, it's a know. lot of money, but it's not one hundred and fifty million. But you know, like it's not making. Okay, the Mario movie is coming out. And that is scheduled to make like two hundred and twenty-three million, but that's because that's Mario. Like you know, that is like one of the biggest IPs on the planet. Yeah, more than D and D, in fairness. Um, yes, because yeah, it's been around longer. Well, a little yeah, bit. It's actually, actually, no, no, not really. Later, I mean, actually. equivalent. I mean, Mario is probably a bit more mainstream than D and D, but I mean, still though. I think this is just like you know, when it comes to these IPs and properties, though. House of the Dragon. We go. We always go into House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. You know, um, you know all these properties, Harry Potter. Even, I think a lot of people are probably going to go see this film at some point. You know, maybe like drips and drabs that comes out. I think this movie mm. will do well on streaming, like extremely well. Mm. Um, but I think I think this will definitely get a sequel because also, you know, the first John Wick movie, you know, wasn't massive. It was only after like the cult following started building up for it that it pushed forward after that. Yeah, I mean this has got the backing of a pretty big brand with quite a lot of money and they've got a lot it's all about investment and returns with these people. Um possibly, but also I think I think you you the way I see it is if it came to a sequel to this film and if it was doing this, mm. there'd be a bit more concern, but I think cuz it's the first venture especially also this is after mm. the fa- massive failure of the first movie. Like, you know, they have to be very careful in, like, yeah. how it goes forward. Like, I think I think that taking that into consideration would be encompassing brand a big strategy. thing as well. Maybe. They might throw more money at it. Um, let's hope it's not throwing uh, 
I mean, if they're making a TV bonus. series spin-off as well from this, yeah, sort well, of like... yeah, I guess they're probably already invested in expanding the universe. I mean, the recent Halo TV show that was on Paramount was mixed critic reviews, but they're still doing a second season of that because of the IP. Yeah. So I think I think how like you know Netflix has The Witcher, you know, all, all these massive properties, you know, Amazon has Rings of Power. I think Paramount are looking at their like you know their IP Witcher. and Dungeons and yeah. Dragons is their. And they've they've got pretty much the biggest fantasy IP, well for like you know um, creatives essentially, mm. outside of Lord of the Rings and everything. You know, Lord, Lord of the Rings is obviously the king of all of them. But you know, when it, when it comes to this, I do I do think it will work out quite well. And as James has said, this has only been one week, hmm. like it's been out. Like mm. actually, it's not even a week. You know, we're we're recording yeah. this on we're recording this on Wednesday. The film came out last Friday, so it's been five days. Yeah, I mean, historically, opening weekend was make or break for films. I mean, as you say, there's now streaming and such like, um, so it'd be quite hard to tell actual numbers versus uh, returns because you don't really get. I, I assume you don't get paid per numbers for things like being on Netflix. You just get a lump sum. Possibly, I don't know. Possibly, I don't know that at all. But I think, um, I think this is going to get a sequel. I definitely, I definitely think this will get a sequel because, like, I think for the star power alone, I think the story worked quite well. I think people will continue just going to see this, and also when it comes to when it comes, because obviously with Paramount Plus, I don't know if they follow the same principle of like the forty-five days after the movie comes out in cinemas, like other places do. So, yeah, they they'll probably look at the metrics there as well, because if the metrics you know balance it out, that will help. That will be a factor for it as well, mm. and I think that will actually draw people in as well. Maybe maybe they didn't want to go to the cinema to see it, so they'll go to Paramount Plus to watch the movie. Paramount Plus also, in terms of streaming services, one is currently one of the more niche ones. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they wouldn't want people to. But then that would harm. Me. I. That could go either way. I feel. I mean, they. Well, you say niche, but they've got one of the biggest IPs on there. But people have to go and watch stuff. Yeah, but Star in Trek. terms of competing with Netflix, Apple. Yeah, Amazon but also has... they're brand new. They're, they're not. Uh, I wouldn't call them. I wouldn't call them in niche. this iteration. Yes, I want to call them niche to the point of like you know, um, you know, small in regards to like IPs. I'd call them basically like how Amazon, Netflix, Netflix being the biggest one. They've been around much longer. Mm. This is an Apple TV. You could take into the same consideration. Yeah, you know, it just I, needs yeah, the IP. Yeah, um, I I'm a bit concerned about studio specific streaming services because it kind of limits the range of content you can put on the service somewhat you say that but i think some some are broader than others like disney's broad enough that it doesn't really matter but paramount's no paramount are broad enough i mean they're quite big but they're not paramount are massive yeah kind of you know, they have like, I mean, one of the biggest TV shows, Yellowstone, is on there. I've heard that's worked out quite well. Star Trek, Halo, you know, mm. you have to go there to watch it on Paramount. Um, you know, a lot of uh, Nickelodeon stuff goes there as well. Like, mm. oh, actually, um, all the Avatar animated properties go into Paramount. Oh, really? Yeah, so apart from the Netflix live action show, mm. all the animated movies, the content coming out afterwards is going to Paramount. Mm. You know, Paramount, Sp- SpongeBob. Let's just throw a SpongeBob in there. Ha ha! Yeah, you know, um, you know. Yeah. I think it's just they've only been out a year, like, mm. or just over a year. And I think also Top Gun Maverick was on there. You know, that, and that did well for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, you've just got to bear in mind they're competing against some pretty big, big boys out there. But at the same time, I think this could work well for them in regards to... Because obviously... You'll probably bring in some people. Netflix and The Witcher, you know... They've got that concern at the moment with how far, how much longer can The Witcher go on Netflix because of Cavill leaving and just deep fake Cavill onto. <sighs> let's not, let's AI not attack voice. the actor. Like no, 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 no. It, they they got rid of him and that's their fault. But well, no, he left. Yeah. Well, yes. That, I think that's a whole. I think that, that is that's probably a whole other discussion. We'll have to wait for the <laughs> summer for The Witcher season three. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes and how faithful we are to the books. So uh, not at they all. Said, they said we'd be more faithful. They said in press releases it'd be more faithful to a book than the book. to actually read the, the books. Previous season. <laughs> I bet they're going to do a magic spell to change his face. I think that's going to how that's going to play I, out. I bloody well hope not. Just, just my my personal opinion. Don't like look, don't, just don't acknowledge it. It's just yeah. I mean, I mean like that. I mean, I mean like in the Dark Knight when um, Maggie Gyllenhaal replaced um, the K- other Katie Holmes. That's the one, yeah. Katie Holmes. I don't think you need to acknowledge it. People understand that it's a different actor playing the same character. True. True. You don't need to acknowledge it. Maybe, but we'll see. So obviously we went on a little bit of a tangent there at the end. of But I think, um, yeah, I give this an eight myself. James gives it an eight. Fergus gives it a five. So this rounds it out to a... Seven and a half, six. No, it's, 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 it's seven. It's, I think it's, 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 it's an eight because we discount Fergus for what? an outlier. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. I think I do think this comes out as a seven. To be honest, yeah. I think I think oh. if I gave this a seven myself, it would have been a six point five. Mm. But I think because like we balance out there, like it's um, it's it, a seven. It, it is seven. I'm just on the math of my head. It is yeah, because it'd be about mm. six point seven five, but with the with the rounding up and everything, it'd be about it, it, seven. It, it'd be straight seven, I believe. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to add a little bit more panache into my. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But yeah, right, people. We are now going to uh, finish up the review section. We are now going to get into the spoiler discussion section. So you now have a um, probably spend about 10, 15 minutes. On this because we don't, I don't think we have too much to spend on the spoiler section, but yeah. So you got your, uh, you got your warning. So in five, four, three, two, one, let's talk about Bradley Cooper, who yeah. I did not expect to see in this movie one bit. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, we only saw him um, a small uh, while, or uh, he had a very little appearance in the film. You got, you got any fucking more to say there? <laughs> at all. He he plays a halfling, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, um, Miss Kilgore is really into her short dudes. <laughs> I mean, like, kind kind of plays that kind of works out well for them. Then I guess that I love the end. Of the, I love the end of the movie when they're getting uh, celebrated and she's like, "Oh, hello there." Like, yeah, I, 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 yes, yes. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to know how that works. Works, yeah, but I was like, say that. I was like, yeah. though, to be fair, though, we have to talk about the fact that he has a penchant for. You know, barbarian tall women as well. Like you know, kind of well, worked yeah, out well. It works the other way round. But yeah. I did not expect him to be in the movie. Like it was, it was quite a surprising cameo, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I, you could call it a cameo, but if it's like extended scene, like you know, cameos are much more shorter. But yeah, you know. I mean, they they did put a lot of time into the well, in terms of um, adding to the backstory of um, Holger Kilgore because the. Yeah, they spent a lot of time on the her backstory is she likes this short dude. 
How did you feel about her being the one to be brought back? I think it was kind of obvious, to be honest, but I do like the fact that it played into the narrative of how she raised the kids. So. Yeah, I think it made, made sense in um, four stories. So uh, I, I, mm. I, I, I personally like that. I thought it tied things up nicely. Um, but I did think the I did think the death sequence was a little bit cringy. Um, I mean, it's not as bad as the Dark Knight, but I did think it was. Um, they can be very step, hit and miss, though. It was, it was one step level. It yeah, a, it was pretty. Again, quite a cliche. Oh no, yeah. we survived this battle, but oh no, I've got this thing that makes me dead. Ah, uh, dead. Sort of. I did enjoy thing. that final fight, though, of them all just going at uh, at the red, yeah, which we haven't really spoke about. Obviously, you know, the red wizards they are the main villains in this movie. Yeah, just trying to turn uh, everyone into zombies. Yeah, and obviously, um, you know, Reggie Jean Page is a Thay as well. Mm. So, but obviously, he's an exile. He's an exiled Thay. Um, yeah, because he became paladin. But uh, no, I, I really enjoyed the final like fight because I love I love how they actually. Um, pulled everyone out the Colosseum. Like, I thought it was really smart how they got yeah. everyone out of that Colosseum. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. Again it's, it's, again, it's one of those white things in which I said earlier that I like the way it tied everything together. So, they get, they get everybody out of the Colosseum, out of the danger, by bursting a hole in the um, hot air balloon. And a portal por- hole. Portal, por- hole. Por- portal hole, yes. And pouring all the uh, treasure down, so basically giving giving the treasure back to everybody, which is hinted at earlier when he's forced to swear to the paladin that he would give the treasure back to the people. Yes, uh, they literally find the portal gun from. Portal. I was literally about to say this. Yeah, it, it just it's it's. Isn't that all in D&D, though? I believe there's a portal staff in D&D, though, if I'm correct. I've like... never encountered it in my 15 years of playing. I, okay. I, I don't know. I, I haven't either, but... Mind you, I guess, we, you know... It's too it's convenient. Like It's so... pretty game-breaking, though. Game-breaking? Could you, could you, could lot... you say it's homebrewed? To, to be fair, there's a lot no. of game... There's, a lot there's of game... game-breaking stuff you can buy in the official... Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, there's a lot... What Five just said, there's a lot of game-breaking stuff in the official D&D anyways. So obviously, uh, I wanted to discuss like this very comedic moment with uh, Regan Page's character, the Paladin. Uh, I was listening to another podcast that talk about how he's very walks on the straight and narrow, and how there is that comedic line. That, oh, is there's a rock? Is he gonna avoid the rock? And he's like, no, he's going straight over the rock because he's yeah, so he's, he's the straight yeah. man. He's yeah, the straight man. I did yeah. actually quite that. I, I when I went back, I was like, fuck yeah, that's actually quite clever to be honest. How they played that out. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah. Uh, with Simon's character. Um, you know, I love the fact that literally it was a case of him overcoming his own, yeah. you know, his confidence, he's building his confidence, he's overcoming himself, mm. which I thought worked out really well in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And then he he finally got his own dues against uh, Safina, the Red Wizard, which I thought was a great fight sequence. Mm. You know, a good hand, good hand wrestling match. I thought it was quite well. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I thought the whole sequence, I thought the whole sequence was done fantastically. And I liked... How that whole fight sequence ended. I thought it was really clever how they um, defeated the uh, defeated Red Wizard. Yes, no, it worked out really well. Uh, I do want to go back to the beginning of the movie. Uh, I have, a, I do have to say, something. I do have a big love for Jonathan. Oh, okay. like that yeah, was VVV Alcockra. Uh, I thought that again another mm. genius moment. I thought it was uh, uh, unexpected. Um, and I love how yeah. they tried to do it at the end of the movie as well, and they were like, "No, nah, not this time, not this time." <laughs> quite quite like, cool back to it. Yeah. Oh, did you did you hear that they were going to be um, released? 
in the film as well. Yes. I, I yeah, only yeah, called yeah. that after speak that I was like, shit, they did actually say you were going to be yeah. acquitted and whatnot. I oh, yeah. 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 Oh, that's so funny. Now, again, the practical effects for the Aracocra, Aracocra, I can't even say it correctly. Aracocra. Uh, yeah, okay. I've, I've seen a video of him in full suit yeah. walking around sets. I saw yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I lo- yeah, I just love the practical effects. And obviously the puppeteers doing that and everything. I mm. thought... You know the, the extreme well, um, the dragon, um, the dragon race as well. How they because obviously Dragonborn, yes, yeah. A lot of people love the Dragonborn and how they were mm. slowly integrated into the movie. Well, included in the movie as well. Yes, as, as I say, as a Dragonborn player, I'm glad that there was at least one Dragonborn in the film. I mean, I feel like because I was I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how would you include you know these characters as main characters in the next one. And mm. and they it said it's, I think it's the practicality of having those characters in a movie, like having mm. them a full on character throughout the entire movie, might work. But you'd have to be very creative in it. Or they could be characters you consistently come back to, like how Forge, you know, Hugh Grant's character. He wasn't in the movie entirely, or Regé Jean Page. They could be extended characters, but they wouldn't be in the film fully. Um, it could be an interesting one. Um. It poses an interesting problem. Like, if you're taught, if if you do shy away from using characters like Dragonborns in the main party, like there's a lot of non-human, uh, you know, cat people, dragon people. If you've got the extended character um, player guide creation list, there's a lot of very very non-human characters you can play as. If you're going to exclude all of them in favour of people who are basically human, occasionally with horns, you're going to uh, you're going to exclude quite a lot of people who pick these characters. I want to see a turtle. Yeah, I forgot about turtles. I used to play a turtle. Yeah, a turtle. Yeah, it's ba- it's basically well, it's like a turtle, but uh, but. Humanoid turtle, I'm going to say, but so like, a teenage mutant it's basically ninja turtle. It's a teenage mutant yeah. ninja turtle. But that yeah. can work though. Like I think, like I think, it just when it comes to when the Dragon Ball we saw in the film and the Arakakran, you know, the practicality of having those characters, yeah, in long scenes doesn't work I out as much. I can see that. I can see that definitely. It would just, be, it would look kind of like like 1980s high fantasy, dark fantasy sort that that kind of dark fantasy puppet style you had back then but yes. probably more clunky <laughs> so obviously um you know i love the fact that like that mat right we could we could talk about it now but that um that illusion sequence in the movie i was pissing myself laughing at that that sequence with chris pine coming up with the with the, with the uh, loot and everything and then like oh. the spell starting to fail because i i was reading how yeah. in D D uh the sorcerer has to roll um, concentration. Concentration. Interrupted. The spell fails. Yeah. And then, literally in the movie, it plays out that way, and how like it seems like the concentration failed for the character because his foot got caught. Like yes. how, how we spoke about earlier, and how you could watch this movie and see sequences f- like roles fail because certain things happen in the movie. I mean, yes, it does follow the internal logic of D and D. I would be very surprised if it didn't. Although, why well, some films know. do do that though? Yeah. But I mean, it's yes, yeah, true. true. And also, uh, the sequence with the where uh, Michelle Rodriguez and uh, Chris Pine's character are trying to break away, and then she's just annihilating all the soldiers, and he's like, "This step's really not working for me right now." Like, you know, trying to cut his rope. 
Yeah, he need ah uh, yeah he needed a dagger or something that he could just sort of cut himself free. But I mean, like you know, they weren't meant to have that at that point, and also yeah. the bard is also. I think the bard is always supposed to be like well, not always supposed to be. He's supposed not to be not great element in combat. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I know that. <laughs> That's fair, but no, I mean, like, uh, do you guys have anything you want to talk about specifically from the movie, like for spoilers? Um. I don't think enough is made to make uh, Forge Fitzwilliam, aka who Grant, seem like absolutely evil, because what he oh, is think, doing I, I to Doric's people. No, but like right, so he's basically committing genocide against Doric's people. Um, he's yeah, cutting down the wood, true. murdering her people, like. I take it back for why I just said he's not. <laughs> and it's, it, the fact is just sort of played off of, oh, it's just Fopsy old Hugh Grant. It's like, he's actually committing genocide against these people. Right? Like, So <laughs> so, so I, I'm, I'm going to counter that a little bit. It's not him committing genocide. It's uh, the other... Uh, the red, well, the, the Red Witch. Red Wizard. He's turning, yeah. he, he's turning a blind eye to it. when he, which, I mean, he, he He's kind of enabled it so he could get rich. And turn a blind like eye to it. Like artist does. He has, he, he has the other people do it for them, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's not yeah. personally going down and murdering tieflings, but, like... One, um... Actually, speak about the Red Wizard. Uh, i got to give it to Raja Jean Page and Jason Wong. I saw a behind-the-scenes video of them. Mm. They did pretty much all the, all the fighting for that, like, sword. For, that was a really mm. good... The, the choreography in this movie was really good. Like, really good, like, mm. in my opinion. Mm. And how uh, I also saw behind the scenes footage, like when they're in there, the dragon with the with the chonky dragon, yes, which was fucking hilarious. Yes, I'm being chased around. Uh, they all yeah. so you know the the bit where basically they all get blown off the bridge. Yeah, because yeah, that was actually it wasn't the stunt doubles. There's actually a video of all of them getting pulled oh. off the bridge, like they all oh. did it for that scene. So okay. props props to the cast and everything for like you know getting really involved in the um mm. in the game and everything. Yeah, yeah. but. Sorry, you were going to say something, James. Oh, I'm going to ask probably a stupid question. Hopefully it's me mishearing something. One, one issue I did have, one query I had, about that scene right at the end um, with the dragon, where the whole place explodes because he puts the um, the light finger up. Why did his finger burn? Yes. Well, no, no, because that's, that's a magic spell. But what, why was there an explosion? What, what was causing... Oh, the gas from the... Because he, cause he couldn't spark the fire because you kept seeing him throughout the sequence trying to spark fire because mm. he was so fat... Uh, well, I oh, presume. it was so. so it, it was, was him the gas spot. from the dragon. It was the gas, the gas from the dragon. I didn't. I didn't get that from. The yeah, film. it wasn't especially obvious. That was not explained to me. So that's one thing I think the film uh, could have improved in that scene. So it yeah, was not obvious. That's fair. Shots, I get that. Maybe. So obviously yeah. we've spoken about like you know how the film ends. You know the the heroes win the day, which is obvious. Um, yes. Where would you like? Where would you guys like the films or whatever go next? Where you know. So this one did a really good heist story, which I wanted also to say. Yes, uh, that story. was quite. Yeah, I like. I, I really like the heist elements of it. I thought that was really clever. Um, so I, you want to do something different to that, to, to, mm. to but I kind of want. Them to, I also want them to try and keep the more kind of like personal stakes, which they had are you yeah. with uh, the bard and his daughter. Uh, so just you know, just improv in here and talking until I come up with an idea. Uh, I have failed to come up with an idea, so try this. Um, I think the party stays together. Maybe yep. it's a couple of years later. The daughter joins the party because I mean, where else she's gonna 
go yeah. because they're all no, past for party. And she's been training with them. She's been training. She's got an invisible necklace. I mean, the party, party's also leveled up, so more skills, no more, more skills. health, more AC, perhaps. I would like them to do the Curse of Strahd um, campaign book next. Okay. See, I kind of like. I kind of wouldn't mind them doing their own story, but uh, so for me, I think. Um, I think. I think. I think. Actually, we actually touched on this earlier. I think Michelle Rodriguez and uh, Sophia Lillis's character could come into a, the next one quite well. So how like exploring mm. how like their characters because obviously she's been exiled from her horde essentially yeah uh or tr- her tribe um and exploring that more and how like you know kit and then kit the and the daughter coming under the wing and everything so that it could, there could be like an element of like how you know how uh edgan was dealing with the the moral ramifications of michelle you know holger and the mother like bringing them back michelle rodriguez's character could be dealing with ramifications of like you could be accepted by the horde again if you just dismiss you know this girl you've been raising sort of thing like mm. and or like or it's kira like the daughter trying to prove herself to the horde herself mm. with michelle rodriguez there as well i suspect it won't be a plot in of itself but i suspect it will probably be used as a oh she's going to make this tough decision to but she'll probably pick her friends to save them from I mean, could the, the tribe be or... attacking you know another race so how like you know maybe um holger's tribe is attacking mm, doric's yeah. tribe and how like you know it's the it's the conflicting maybe. thing there maybe um generally in D kind of high level politics doesn't really come into it in the main i mean i know i play it kind of like that sometimes but yeah unless it's my yeah (laughs) like it's normally a group of people they go from one location to another location they pick up loot they level up they defeat baddies occasionally there's a dragon so could it be removing a curse the next movie so how like this was a heist movie then it's going to be removing a curse yeah someone gets a curse to to be fair I mean I I wouldn't I wouldn't be against what Fergus says maybe using some of the books as as, Mm. um as a basis, I just wouldn't want them to do a um, to have that as the only basis to be you know, have it as some kind of inspiration to it. Some, some maybe some of the key plot elements, but I want them to be able to bring enough of their own kind of it, it, like like think of it this way: take you can take one of those books like Curse of Stroud, but then put a lot of your own homebrewed elements into it. So how like basically how you know within Game of Thrones people go oh this is going to happen next and this is going to happen next basically taking the idea of yeah. taking the original concept of that but changing it so D and D players can't go this is going to happen because of this book. Well, I mean you've got to bear in mind the Curse of Stroud book is a campaign which you can decide how it plays out roughly. Like, there are probably key milestones, but generally you can play it how you want it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's like most of the campaigns, to be fair. Yeah. So, I mean, they could do something, well, not completely different, because they would keep the milestones and start to be the baddie and all this sort of thing. But it could play out however the characters best adapt to those situations. So it'll be... I have, I have a question for you both. Mm. Let's see. I'm going to put you on the spot here now. Um... New new races, new characters you like to be introduced. Have you ever thought of any actors or actresses or you know who portray who like to be included within the D and D world? Who 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 could fit in quite well within this world? Uh, Rebel Wilson as a cat person. 
okay because that's already happened so, and like that, that, that's also annoying me because I, I, I was trying to remember during the film what what's the actual race called of of cat people because they are called something they are yeah, have, to go, have to google it i can't remember i remember fighting them before in, in, when i played some of annihilation but i can't remember what who they're called it's not it's the annoying. kaji no no that's that's all i was doing as well thinking of yeah. other uh, franchises with cat people it is a name for it i can't remember um you can remember the name for it hashtag nmi and at nmi cast at yeah NMI jellicles yeah, um, or I can just go now. back home and look it up in a book I think uh, what we'll do is though like when we come to the next episode the first time we're ever doing this when we come to the next episode we're gonna we're gonna have a leaving question now like a, yeah. essentially a question when we return for the next episode mm. so people who might be coming off the podcast themselves can understand or also people who actually email in so I think we're gonna wrap it up there because I think that's a good way to end it the question for this week's episode I think that's actually a nice thing to do mm. with D&D if they do a sequel or a spin-off what race would you like? What story would you like? And mm. what actor or actress would you like playing that character, essentially? Who who do you think they could bring in? Now, if you want to do that, email us in at nmipodcastoutlook.com. That's nmipodcastoutlook.com. Or search for us on Twitter and Instagram, at nmicast. I want to thank you, my fellow travellers, for joining me today. Thank you for having me yet again. Yeah, no, it's been good. Yeah, and look out for our next episode soon, where we're going to we're, where we're looking to be doing a uh, continuation of our great sequels, but specifically focusing on video games. Mm-hmm. We're also possibly looking at doing a retro games episode in the future, though <laughs> we've had a discussion of what constitutes a retro game nowadays. Because it all depends on how old we want me to feel. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, if we start with fifteen years, that be quite interesting because that would still mean that dead Sp- the first dead space game is classed as a retro game which yep. is interesting to be to be honest <laughs> whereas then we could say like the abe's odyssey games from playstation era you know mm. or where you know mario and nez and whatnot you know if you know it goes much further back than that mm. but yeah i think that's a good way to leave it people i want to uh, thank folks for joining me again today yeah cheers thanks and uh, we'll see you next time everyone stay safe everyone Bye-bye. bye bye